podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the Paddock Blues Podcast. You can find us on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash paddockblues. Or you can email us at paddockblues at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and up the toffees. Hello and welcome to the Paddock Blues Podcast. I'm Jamie and today I'm joined by a very special guest. Um, someone that we haven't heard before on this channel, but I'm sure we'll hear a lot of. Riyad, you okay, mate? Yeah, not bad yourself. Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Um, Riyad is a part of and runs with a, with a great team behind him as well, um, Everton Nexter. So I think people, many people have probably seen on social media that uh, the Paddock Blues and Everton Nexter sort of coming together for next season. You know, working alongside each other to basically talk about Everton, something that we both love doing. I'm pretty sure uh, there'll be some ups and downs like there always is. But um, no one, yeah, Riyad, you, you, what, what, what does ever? I've asked everyone this, so I'm going to ask, going to ask you it as well, mate. I didn't tell you this in the preview, but I'm going to ask you it now, just to give people an idea of where you're coming from. Um, I know personally whatever it means to you, but just explain like whatever it does mean to you. Well, it's all we know, isn't it? It's from fucking yeah. from birth. It's a it's a stage uh, a born into long lasting depression. Um, but <laughs> we can't help ourselves. We all love it. Um, yeah. And I think my love for Everton grown where I, over the past past few years, and and that's why I started Everton Extra. So and even being on this podcast, it, it's grown even more. But because I wouldn't be on here if I didn't love Everton. Of course, mate. I think that, that it is, isn't it? It's a lovely relationship that we've got with them, but um, yeah, it's it's one of them. But you've, I think you've must you must have a psychic ball or something because you have picked the perfect day to come on here. So obviously, as we as we're talking, we know um, the three of them have left the board. Hallelujah! Mm-hmm. I think someone must have been looking down on us today. Um, we've had Denise Barron Baxendale, Grant Ingalls, and Game Sharp, they've all left, they've all resigned. But there's one that's still left me. Um, and I think probably in my eyes, he's the main one. I don't know about you, but for me, he's the main one that we've, he's sort of the kingpin that we've got to take down. Bill Kenwright, he's been told that the statement will be out in 48 hours. Um, but, but he's, I'll just ask you this he's given a statement uh, tonight about, oh, thanks very much, you know. Basically, giving them the support of people that are left. Do you need anything to that, Riyad, or do you think he will go? I think he'll go. Um, as we know, he's uh, he's having talks with Mashiri soon about his future. But once, obviously, Denise Grant Inkles and uh, and Graham Sharp they've gone. I, I don't see I don't see where Bill Kenwright stays in all of this. And obviously, we know he hasn't been to the game and in God knows how long. So. I don't think he'll ever be able to return to Goodison Park. And I think if there was any time he's going to leave, it'll be now. And if he doesn't leave within this period of time of, of the, the mass resignations of of the board, I think he'll never leave. But yeah, it's got it's gotta be gotta be sometime soon that he that he does leave. Yeah, no, you you you're spot on me what you're saying. You know, if he, if he's not gonna leave now, he'll never leave, really. You know, unfortunately, listen. We've said many times in this podcast, we don't wish anyone ill health. He's someone's dad, he's someone's granddad. That's we're talking about the football side of things here. Um, but 
I don't understand why you would stay. If you, it's like your mates have all left and you're standing there. It's like, just leave me. Just let go. Honestly, just let go. It's time now. This is the perfect time for you. Literally the most yeah. perfect time for you to go. And I really hope he does. Um, me personally, he's probably wanting the swan song. He's probably wanting sit in front of a camera, giving the old tears with the, yeah. the eye drops and all that type sort of stuff. He, he doesn't yeah. want to just be a club statement. He wants to be this big thing about him leaving, which, whatever, let him have it. Yeah. You know, Spot on. I, I was literally just about to say that. I was thinking he doesn't want to just be another another resignation upon four. I think he's building this up now. So we all know he's going to leave and, and he's going to talk about his, his good times at Everton and, and whatnot. But, I think he could have left 10 years ago and he could have been an Everton hero. But yeah. he's, obviously, we know, he's lived long enough to, to become the villain. Um, like you said, we don't wish we don't wish ill health on anyone. Then. And I'm, I'm sure he's a, he's a great man if you speak to him. But like you said, on the football side of things, he's just, he's tore this club to the ground and, and it's definitely without a doubt time to go and I can see him going within the next four to eight hours. Otherwise, he wouldn't have, wouldn't have put out a statement saying um, the future of Bill Kenwright in the next four to eight hours. So I think he's definitely going to go. Yeah, well, he, he's got to go. And listen, I'm, I, I'm a little bit older than you, than I'd like to admit, but um, I've never... These good times that he speaks about, what were they? When we played for Argentina, when, when we got beat by Dynamo Kiev when we got beaten in FA Cup final, what, what, what are you talking about? And for me, his legacy will be always, you nearly suck us down, Bill. Unfortunately, if I ever met him, I'd probably say to him, listen, you nearly suck us down. You, you quite, you've got the perfect opportunity now to leave and not be the chairman that took Everton Football Club down. Someone should grab hold of him and go, you've been let off the hook here massively. You need to just leave now before they actually do go down, and that's what you are remembered for. Um, but listen, hopefully he goes, and we can talk about him in past tense too. Um, but we'll just talk about the people that have gone now: Denise Baron Baxendale, Graham Sharp, and Grant Ingalls. I know Grant Ingalls was the financial officer. Graham Sharp was, I think, probably brought them the tea when they had the meetings. I think that was his role. I'm not sure. <laughs> Um, and obviously Denise Baron Baxendale now I'll just get your opinion really mate on on there on the one that Paul calls the battle finally the battle has rolled out but she's um, I I seen the first of all I seen it was them two and I was like alright okay you know maybe the, 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 the blocks have fallen and then when I went on the club website and seen Chief Executive Officer I was like wow I was thinking this is big this you know this has she has gone. It's a good day, isn't it? Listen, it, it, what was she there for? To be honest, I, I couldn't say it exactly what a what a role entails with Everton, but all we know is with the with the the recent you know downfall of Everton Football Club. I'd like to say it's just she's got to be a major factor in it because, as like you said, Chief Operations Officer, whatever, she's got to have some sort of role. In, in what's gone on at Everton. And I think it was it must have been a few years ago now that she said she was she was looking elsewhere for work. Don't know if you remember that. Um yeah. she put out a statement, yeah. Um but I think it's good that she's gone. 
hundred percent, and and hopefully it starts the 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 more more people who follow it, like Bill Kenwright, Machiri, and whatnot. Hopefully, in the next few days, we do see more of them follow it, and I think without a doubt we will. Yeah, no, no. Just sorry, what you're saying there about uh, what did Chelsea do? And listen, if people might come to me and go, "Well, she's done this, this, and this." Fine, okay, and. I don't think I'll probably like hate the woman because I don't. What I'm trying to say is, if someone said to her, "Listen, just go and sort the finance, the stadium, all that," which you know, Ken Wright's statement says she was brilliant in doing the stadium and all that type of stuff. Well, go and do that then. But when I found out she was sat in interviews with interviewing football managers, I thought, "Why are you interviewing football managers? You've got no, absolutely no football background." You know. You don't know a gen press from a bench press. I, 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 if you know, if you're if you're sat there in front of Frank Lampard on the board doing all these bad tactics, you could be sat there thinking, "Oh yeah, this is sound." And this isn't. That's not me being like, "Oh, because she's a woman, she doesn't know." That's got nothing to do with because Melinda who's on the pod, she's very, very good at football knowledge. Um, it's more of a she's making massive football decisions and doesn't know what she's looking for. And that was my biggest thing within these Baron back in there. I was like, I don't care what you do about the stadium. I'm not really that bothered. Thank you for getting it up and running. Brilliant. You know, everything in the community, you're smashing it. Well done. But why are you sat in and interviewing Victor Pereira and Frank Lampard, Sean Dice? Why? Sorry, but yeah. that's down it, to the owner and the football director. If, for me, it's, it's in, in, incompetent. It's what it is, I think. We've yeah, across the board. We've got a lack of football brains. Um, obviously, Bill Kenwright. Bill Kenwright just passed it, and and we all know that. Um, and, and Mishiri, obviously, there's no football background in Mishiri, and for him to obviously we had the spell of Kiyajirabshin informing him on Utasan and and El Ghazi coming in and just being ill ill informed by people like that who were who were ultimately just dragging the club down and, and that's all it is Denise with the, the no football knowledge and, and Mashiri with the no football brain it's just incompetence from, from the Everton board and without a doubt now we need a full you know clear out and, and get a new fresh set of people in people who know yeah. about football um, similar to, to Brighton set up the way they've you know they've organised themselves and they've had it in the run for a few years now and we're only just seeing the 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 end result or if you'd like um of, of what's going through obviously you've got the likes of Kaiseido and see so and all that but that's what we want to see from Everton now we want to see a long term plan because the past few seasons it's been a bit of a been a bit of a rush we've been signing players for the next six months and to me now with the transfer links it looks like we're still doing that. You know what I mean? Well yeah. Weggles, Musa Dembele and, and signing like looking at thirty one year old, thirty year old strikers, it's it seems to me like we're planning for another relegation battle. We're looking for experienced players, if you like. And and that's literally the, the entire thing of Everton in the past six, seven years, looking for experienced players. It's not what we need to be doing. And ultimately, it's a lack of football knowledge from the board. Yeah, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but was Marcel Brandy brought in to be to sort of have a, a to bring in lads under 25 and sell yeah. them on for a profit. But that was his whole sort of work ethic, wasn't it? Of like, go and, get, go and scout 
know, footballers under the age of 25, make them really good footballers and then sell them on, do it again. Like a Brighton, as you say, yeah. Callister, Casado, um, even that Evan Ferguson and stuff like that. I, he's 17. I, I, I yeah. told you he was well older than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully we can get back to that. Hopefully this MSP will come in and whoever the directors come in, you can get back to there. A couple of rumours last week that they like that data ball, is it? I think they call it. That's a ball or whatever Brentford do, where they look at um they don't just look at the they look at the personality of the man, they look at is he actually any good? Yeah. You know, it's not just oh well he once played in the Champions League semi-final for West for for Chelsea. Oh yeah, we'll sign him. Yeah. That's you it. don't realise that he only played five minutes in that semi-final and once all season. Oh yeah, well he played. I think that's what the, what we've got to do. And you're spot on. Everton have come away from that. I, as I said before, I'm quite older than you. But um, I I remember when we signed. No, we dived in the championship with like with Moise, Leighton Bain, Tim Kyle, Arteta come from Rangers, John Stones come from Barnsley, who's now on a bus celebrating the treble. You know, just all all these I could go on. You know, Wayne Rooney come from the academy. All these type of players that we. Because let's be honest, we, we were skinned at the time, but we had—I don't know where that's gone. I actually don't know where that sort of DNA has gone. Of go and find a youth, ignite a good player on the youth level or in a championship level, and bring them to Everton. Hopefully, we can get that back. Yeah, just to, to touch on Marcel Brands, I think I have nothing against Marcel Brands. I think Marcel Brands has a had a, a great football knowledge, and I think. If he was given the responsibility that he was employed to to have, he would have he would have made the right decision for Everton. He's showing it now at PSV what he what he's capable of doing. I think Marcel Brand was a sign, Jared Brandtweet and and Ben Godfrey. They were they were his signings, and then obviously you had the the Ducore, the Alan Hammers Rodriguez. They were all Ancelotti signings. But I think I genuinely think Marcel Brand is, was a great director of football, but he weren't he weren't given. The responsibility he was employed to have, which is down to the people that are, are exactly. unfortunately no longer here. Yeah. Well, happy days. Listen, you know, it's it's a podcast we've all been waiting to do. I don't know how many times we've come on here and said sack the board. We, we were a part of the all together now. We've been to all the protests, so no, it's a good day. I can sleep a little bit, bit softer in my bed tonight, knowing that they're not here anymore. And I think as well, mate, just say for instance, he does go tomorrow. I'd like to get an Everton back where we're all pulling in the same direction. Because, listen, I'm not being funny. You're probably sick of it. I'm sick of it. And everyone that's doing them are probably sick of protests. You know, I know we've had Chris Hannon on the show. He's probably sick of it. He's probably sick of organising them all. He just yeah. wants to support Everton. He just wants to wake up in the morning, look at transfer news, or don't have, um, and just just concentrate on supporting Everton, the thing that he loves, not you know, forcing these people out, which he's done, by the way. Yeah, spot um, on. You, you've actually mentioned them, bringing on to me next point. Someone that I looked up to, someone that I was gutted about that he left, but it looks like he's come back to bite us a little bit. Uh, Carlo Ancelotti, rumours that he's suing Everton Football Club over yeah. the news rights. Yeah, well, what we've been informed is is that it's something to do with, with image rights about Carlo Ancelotti and, and something along those lines. But it's not the first time it's happened with a former manager in Everton under Mashiri. So, not a shock there. But obviously, no one knows too much details. Everton haven't commented on it or anything like that. So, 
we'll just have to wait and see what happens with that. But it's a bit of a crazy story to come out two years after he leaves. Mm. I do think it's very, it's very evident, isn't it, that that story comes out and within five minutes they go, oh, but the board have left. Yeah, do you know what exactly. mean? So it seems a bit like, oh, what, are they worried about that? If they sort of got wind of that and thought, oh, no, do you know what I mean? It's going to be a meltdown again. Listen, I loved Carlo Ancelotti. I did. Uh, he was a boss football manager for Everton. People might go, well, he, he finished 11th. Yeah, he finished 11th because he lost the core aid. And in the end, his midfield was Gomez, Tom Davis, and I think it was Alan. And then even Alan started getting injured. So, But he's gone. He went to a bigger and better things, which is fine. I didn't begrudge him going to Real Madrid. Um, I think again that's just a that's just a lack of incompetence from from the board. Um, obviously, clearly not having it, it planned out and 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 know what to do. And so it doesn't surprise me that that story comes out like you said five minutes before the board leaves. I think they've just thought that's too much responsibility. If we have more of this and we know they know exactly where that's going, that's going to lead in or whatever. They're going to have to yeah. pay off a lot of money and they know exactly where that's going. They don't want to take on that responsibility and that could potentially affect the deal of the MSP takeover um, if it's as big as we think it is or it might not be. It might be just a little thing. But, you know, with them them leaving five minutes after or whatever, obviously it'll be planned and, and stuff like that. But that, that Ancelotti suit will have been in the making for the past couple of months or whatever. So they know exactly it's going downhill and they know exactly the fans are just going to push way more further against them if if they stay on with all this stuff and ultimately they don't want to accept responsibility for all this and and it is it's down to them down to them who've who put us in this situation and where we are now and it's it's disgusting it's disgusting what we've seen the past few seasons you're right mate listen it's horrible that i'll I'll just cover it like little bits but that bournemouth game i know you were there as well and yeah it was it, it was a horrible day and that final whistle it was good. No, listen, it was it was a relief. It was it was great to celebrate. Not celebrate. It was great to work right. We're not going down. That sort of thing. But I know my feeling of it, and I'll just get your just that really. But when that whistle went, mine was just a relief sound. Celebrated because we won, and we stayed up. But then it, it went to anger, and it just went like this can't happen again. This genuinely can't happen again. And what was your sort of was that your initial reaction, or was yours more of a initial like straight away anger well at first I think I speak on behalf of, of all Everton fans when they say instant anger but some people wanted it to be like last season that Bournemouth game was not unlike the Palace game it was more of it happens once and it never it should never ever happen again but that to happen again every Everton fan should be angry at the what the board have put us through once again and and Frank Lampard should have been gone way, way, way before he did. And we ultimately we wouldn't have been in this situation with Deitch's runner runner um games. And I just think it should have been and it was it was just pure anger to for the ball to go straight away after the full time whistle went. Obviously you have the, the relief that we're not going to be in the championship, but it is yeah. it's just anger. Cause he I seen just a I know we're going on a little bit of a sidetrack here, but I seen that um, a tweet ages ago, and I compared them, and I thought that 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 just speaks volumes for me. That it was Lampard was like, it's a great night for Everton Football Club, and then Dennis's comment was, "We are Everton Football Club. This isn't something to be celebrated." Yeah. 
And yeah. I was thinking, my God, no, we get caught in that bubble last year with Frank Lampard, and it was yeah, exactly. You know, he sucked us all in. Look, look at him on top of the family enclosure on the on the boxes. How oh, great is he? And then you stand back and they call it a day and go, what the? Why is he celebrating that? Like yeah. that's over the top. Boy, you caught up. Listen, everyone got caught caught up in the moment because we it was that was just like wow. Um, but as you say, yeah, you're spot on. It just turned to anger, and it was just like right. Get these out, and we have one more to yeah. go. Yeah, um, the next one on the list is obviously I've been linked with, with Musa Dembele um, today, and and it's not a, it's it's a link that's been familiar with Everton for for quite a few months now. Um, mm. What do you think of, of Musa Dembele? Do you, do you think we should take him? Obviously, he's available on a free transfer. I don't think it's a it's a right move for Everton. Just. It's obviously we should be looking in the free transfer market, but three goals in twenty three games doesn't cut it for me, especially in the French league. No, well, and and I always thought I always look at a player and think, what are the clubs are trying to sign him? And if no one's trying to sign him and he's on a free, you've got to ask yourself questions and think. Well, yeah. one, why are Leon letting him go for free? You know, and two, why is no one else sniffing around him? If you if, yeah. you know, if you have a free, it's had a player then. There's something not quite right because he'll be offered to listen. It's not just exclusive, exclusively offered to Everton football club. It'll be offered to everyone: the West Ham, the Palaces, the World, the Fulhams. And if they've all turned around going, no, no, thank you. Why are we turning around and going? Yeah. Well, yeah, because he's going to want a big wage. He's going to want ninety. He's going to want seventy to ninety grand a week. Why are we paying that for for a thirty-one year old? Really? Who? Probably when you look at it, his career. Was he was the best in Scott? He was boxing. He was in Celtic. Yeah. I was like, well, okay. You you were sound. You were great at Celtic. Well, if that's the case, why didn't we get that Ryan Kent? He went for free to Fenerbahce. Fenerbahce, yeah. Why didn't we go and get? You know, why don't we just go and bring Henrik Larsson back out of retirement? If, you, if that's if that's the case, you know, John Arton, but. No, listen, to answer your question, I don't think it is. I think we're clutching the stores. I think he's a centre-forward and everyone's gone, jumped on there. Oh, he's a centre-forward. We need one, but desperate for one. It's like, why don't you stand back a little bit here? It's, it's wages. It's a sad way step, isn't it? It's, yeah. Is it better than what we've got? I think he's probably the same, mate. If I'm honest, exactly. I, don't know Neil the, I don't think Neil Mopai is at the ground running, but he's not going to come in and go... I won't move out the way. I'm number nine. I'm the I'm the number nine now. I, I'm going to do this. I might be wrong. This might be sat here in January going. He, he's the new Ballon d'Or winner. You know, move over Haaland. I'm not going to. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I. I think there's a lot better. I'd rather have focus solely focus on the Coventry. Now, if it was the Coventry lad from that, um, I forget his name. His name. Jochenes. Jochenes. That's it. I'd be like, yeah. Sound young, you know, got a bit of fight in him on an upward trajectory in his career. That Ben Bellay's on his way on his way down now, and it's like he's looking now at retirement, not of well, I'll go to Everton because I've got the chance to go to Manchester City or uh, Manchester United or Chelsea. That Jocker probably has. He's probably looking at Everton thinking, if I make it there, I'll go to City. Or and then yeah. people will go, we can't be a stepping stone. We can. I don't mind the player coming in at Everton. Doing that well, that a, that a Man City go is sixty million quid for him because he's absolutely flying at Everton. They go, yeah, sound no problem. Go and get the next one. Like exactly what Brighton do. 
yeah, spot on. For me, well, it's, for me, it's Gyakhares. I'd focus solely on Gyakhares for the for the summer transfer window, but yeah. I just don't think we've got the at the minute. I just don't think we can afford them, and we're obviously sporting edging closer to signing them. I just don't think I, I can't see Gyakhares happening, especially in the midst of what's going on with Everton at the minute. I just don't think we can be expecting any signings for the next couple of weeks, and we know Everton are slower than. And we get stuff done late on in the in the transfer window, so I can't I can't tell I can't say now to Everton fans that you can expect signings because we can't for the foreseeable future. So no, I just we only got football kit, yes, exactly. And and Musa Dembele, he's a he's a no from me, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't like the thought of that myself. But were you just saying there about the state we're in at the moment? Um, I think. It's, listen, it's well it's well known that MSP investment they're, they're ready, they're, they're there. Now, is this a takeover or is this an investment? I don't know. This changes every day. Yeah. Every day, every day you come always take they're taking them over. They're going to take over the football club. Oh no! Well, it's only an investment of 150 million quid. It's like, well, what is it? Are they coming in to pay for the ground, or are they coming in paying for the ground and giving them money? They need to know. I mean, in my opinion, you need to get them in now to go right. What are what are you doing? Yeah, well, the the echo say the deal is believed to be worth around 100 million initially, initially, but with the potential for further funds in exchange for more equity, we'll likely see the American firm take a 25 percent stake in the club through a preferential share structure, as well as providing a a boardroom shakeup with two new faces of their own. Obviously, the the boardroom. Shake up is a given where the news come out. Obviously, this was from three days ago, so the ballroom yeah. shake up that's a, a given now that exactly, yeah. with, with the news of, of Denise and, and so on leaving. So, I think obviously, we're, we're, we're gonna see we can expect to see new faces, unfamiliar faces in the ballroom, uh, with the, the interim roles that we're, we're expecting soon. I mean, if if Ken Wright is still involved, I'd I'd expect it to be someone closely tied with Everton, you know, your Tim Cahills and whatnot for the interim role at the minute. Um, yeah. Exactly the same as Graeme Sharp. So, but we can't expect to see unfamiliar faces in the boardroom. Um, hopefully ones who've got a, a football brain and know exactly what they're doing and where they want to take the club and a clear plan where they want to take this club. Because I think at the end of the day, the, the lack that we've had is a, is a vision of where we want to go. And, Every other football club in the league has got one where they want to go, and they don't want to be in this this state. You know the 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 relegation battle inside. They don't want to be in this state, and we shouldn't be in this state. So we just need a, a new boardroom with with new faces and and whatnot. But like you said, no one knows if it's going to be a takeover investment. So we're just going to have to see in the coming days what it's going to be because Mashiri doesn't look like he's going to be moving for me. But you know it could change because. If if obviously there's been reports that Mashiri could lose full full ownership of Everton without without taking a penny back, so we'll just have to see in the coming days. It's a mad when I read that, I thought that, that that's crazy, like that he's going to put all that pump all that money in and walk away with nothing. Yeah, um, at the end of the day, it's um, it's Usmanov funding all the money. Obviously, we know Usmanov can can put his name down as owner of Everton, but we know Usmanov was involved in the in the interviews of the managers and we've got to be asking questions why why was he involved in the in the 
in the interviews for managers. And obviously, I think Mercedes, it's a very, very dodgy topic and a very touchy topic with Everton because we're Usmanov and, and Mercedes. Because I think Mercedes been been doing his mates a few favours. Obviously, the the El Ghazi sign, and he ended up playing fourteen minutes for Everton, and um, which resulted in in Dinier going the other way, which. You know, could ask questions about whether it was to help Villa with FFP or do Keir option a favour, give him a, a bit of a paycheck. But we never know what's going on. We never know what's going on with Everton. And, um, you know, I think for me, it needs to be a total wipeout because at the end of the day, we don't know what's going on in the back room and we don't know whether Usmanov is taking control of everything. Usmanov is talking through, like we see in the club statement, uh, or the bubble, uh, Mashiri will be talking to Bill Kenwright. It could be Usmanov talking to, to Bill Kenwright. Do you know what I mean? We we don't yeah. know what's going on. And hopefully someone that's left, maybe Graham Sharp, some some of the ballroom left, fill us in and insight what's actually going on because it's the least we, we deserve after what we've been through as an Everton fan. We want to know who owns Everton, who's who's taking charge, who's telling these people what to do because we, we've got no clarity on what's going on. No, you spot on, mate. Listen, I couldn't have said it better myself. And I think this, like, we are, I've said it many times, we're a very trusting fan base in a way of just tell us the truth. If the truth is going to hurt, we all, we all sort of just take it on the chin anyway. Um, so if you come out and go, yeah, you know what, we're in a mess here, but we're trying to sort it out, then you go, all right, well, you know what, they're trying to sort it out here. But the, the, they're not saying nothing, you know, the, the silence is deafening and it's just, come out and say to us, he owns it, he runs it, and this is what we're going to do. Yeah, we've made a couple of mistakes here and there, but we'll sort them out. Um, And you've had the perfect opportunity now. Like, we're all healing as a fan base um, for the season we've just had. And we've got a little bit of good news about the board. This is your perfect opportunity for anyone that's ever listened or whatever to come out and tell us exactly what is going on at Everton Football Club, to come out and tell us exactly what has happened at Everton Football Club, because we won't forget what's happened. Listen, you know, we might be sort of trying to forget it, but we won't let what happened the last two years go. So you need to tell us why we got why we're in this mess and why we can't sign any why we went from you know signing three number tens for God knows how much to now can't even buy you know, anyone. So we need to know. And I think it's now is your time to tell us where there's no with the directors have gone. So the people that probably are to blame for all this aren't there anymore. So we can go we can't as a fan base we can't go, Oh, I told you get them out. Well they've gone now. So tell us the truth. I, and I think hopefully it will. I think I, I hopefully hopefully they do. Hopefully this MSP come in and go, bloody hell. These have run this terrible and come out and tell us, and that can be their like little. Because they go and sort of do that, don't they? Every time like a new owner takes over the football club, they'll always do something yeah. to get the fans. A little, a little snare, snare comment on the statement yeah. about about the way it's been run. Um, obviously, we know it came out in the in the past few hours about Ellis Sims, um, a potential move to Sunderland. It'd probably be on loan. Um, is Ellis Sims someone you could see in the first team next season? It's an hard one, mate, really, because, I mean, the kid hasn't had... I feel sorry for him. He got through in the deep end of Anfield. He got through in the deep end... He done well at Stamford Bridge. You know, we got through in the deep end at, at, at Old Trafford. I think he got Old Trafford as well. Or, sorry, when we played Man United. At Arsenal. Sorry, it was. 
Um, and I just think he, he, the kid hasn't had a full chance yet. Maybe Sean Dice might get a pre-season under him and he goes, right, this is what we're going to do. We're not in the tight position where we were last season where he can actually go, well, well I'm more relaxed now, so let's see what you can actually do, kids. You're not coming on in these pressurised moments. You're coming on, or oh, we're going to get pre-season under your belt. I hope not. And this is going to sound bad. I don't want us to hang our hat on our Sims when the when at the first game of the season, whenever it may be, which we'll find out on Thursday, that we're hanging our hat on Ellis Sims because he scored two, he scored one in each game against Tamia Stoke and Bolton, and we're all like, we got lost in this. Oh, we're looking at me scoring goals. I don't think I, I don't think, I think the run out of wool to pull over our eyes, in my opinion, where they go. Ellison just scored two. Tom Cannon scored two against Bolton. I think with that switched on as a football club base, a football base, uh, a fan base. Now we go. We don't care. He's not ready to yeah. play against Manchester City or Chelsea or Luton or all these other teams that are in the Premier League. We need a ready-made centre forward. Because Don McAvoy, unfortunately, we just don't know what's happening with that kid. But would you though? Would you? I'll, I'll put it back on you. Would you have Ellis Sims? Would you keep him in around the club? Or would you, would you let him actually go out on loan and go, you know, go in there and get stayed a little bit better? Um, well, we, he's had a few seasons out on loan now. I think he's done the best he can while while he's been out on loan. But for me, watching him at Everton, I just, I don't think he's the, the, the end product of what he can reach. So for me, I think another year at Sunderland, if he does well, Maybe take him back in January, like we did um, this January. Give him a few a, a run of games. If he does well at Sunderland, take him back. Give him a run of games. And if he's better than what we've seen, keep him. But for me, it's send him out on loan. But that yeah. is providing we, we bring in another striker. If not, we've got no other option to, than to keep Ellis Sims. And unfortunately, we're stuck in the same situation we was last year. Um, with the, the striker options of Malpai, Ellis Sims, and Calvert-Lewin, who unfortunately was injured most of the season. But like you said with Tom Cannon as well, I think Andy Gordon had one season out on loan at Preston and he didn't do very well. So no. for me, I wouldn't I wouldn't judge on what they've done at, at a club because Andy Gordon came to Everton and we know he was good. He was good at Everton. He, he, he may have not got the, the 20 goals and assists that we wanted him to, but he created chances. And oh, we don't like him now, unfortunately, as he's left. But he did. He created chances, and he had a bad season out at Preston. He didn't do. He didn't perform to the best of his ability. But I just think if if Tom Cannon comes back and and he does well in pre-season, hundred percent, you know, give him a go because he's yeah, something well, different. He's something different, and the kid looks like he's got a lot of drive. And the things I've heard, I, I know the interviews that he wants to score in front of forty thousand people at Goodison. And I think a little bit, a little bit, someone a little bit of a drive, someone with a bit of a Rooney attitude of yeah. I'm going to take that number nine shirt off Calvin Lewin and he's not getting it back. And I don't think we've got enough of that. I don't think we've got enough. I, to be honest, it, I think you look at these players now and you look at the likes of Declan Rice's and stuff like that. These are the players that are hungry. Jack Grealish. These players are hungry and really want to win as footballers. And they go on the other scale. Deli Alley doesn't care. Yeah. And it shows. It'll just, you'll just get swallowed up in football. And I think we need players like that. We need Everton players to come in and go, right, I'm, I'm having your shit. I'm the left-back. I'm coming in. 
I'm having Michael and Kosciet and he's not getting it back. I'm having I'm a centre half, I'm having Michael Keynes number five, and you're not getting it back. I'm in this team. And we haven't had it. We haven't had it for a while. Can't remember the last player we had that really give you that feeling of he's gonna run through a brick wall. Maybe Anthony Gordon, but even yeah. that died off towards the end. Um but even when he first came, I think that's why everyone talked to him, because it was like this kid means business, yeah. You yeah. know, he wasn't afraid, he had no he showed no fear at all of playing in the big matches, playing in the Premier League. It was absolutely no fear. Um but I just it's it's I'm worried, mate. I've got to be honest that the fact that you know we're getting linked with Dembele, as you said before, uh Wegger do scored no goals in the Man United team that got to a FA Cup final, finished third in the Premier League and he was yeah. their centre forward. He was their centre forward as well, by the way. He didn't just play a two big part. He played a lot of their games to at the beginning yeah. of the his loan spell. I don't know. I think I've just got to hope Dice can get a full pre-season out of all of them and he can go, right, I'm desperate for the centre-forward. Or he goes, actually, this kid can do it. Yeah. yeah, spot on. Couldn't have said it better myself. I think but, that's exactly what we need. Um, someone someone with that drive. And Tom Cannon seems like he's like he's got it. I don't mean Ellis Sims hasn't got it, but I just don't think... What we want from an academy player, the bare minimum, and we've seen it with Lewis Warrington when he played in cup matches pre-season, and he's an Everton season ticket holder. He's a scouser. He loves Everton. Um, yeah. And and he just worked, worked, worked for 90 minutes, and that's all you want. And with Anthony Gordon, um, he was the exact same when he came in. Like you said, he was he was running all game and towards the end, as he, as he knew he was pushing the move away, he just thought of got a bit bit lenient yeah, or whatever a with it stale, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. With um with Ellis Sims, I just I just don't see I don't see it. The the ninety minute work. Obviously we know he's a kid and I don't want to be too harsh on him, but no, I don't no. I don't get that and I know many Everton fans may agree with me on this, but I just don't see the the, the work that he um the work that he puts in, to be honest. I I don't no. see that draft like I've seen with Tom Cannon. But the thing is as well, I mean, you've got to look at it. We were struggling for a centre forward, and if you're going to be the centre forward at Everton, last season was your chance. Yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? Last season was your chance to be the centre forward at Everton, stake your claim. We had no Calvert Lewin, Neil Mopai was in and off the team. If the kid had anything about him, he'd have been staked in. I think Dice should have gone. Yeah, he's the one him. Like, yeah. So, but as you said, they had Lewis Warrington, and it's just dawned on me now actually. And last season we had Lampard and it was like, he's going to play off from the back, he's going to do this, he's going to have like neat and tidy footballers. I'd like to see this, this side, maybe Dice will give Lewis Walton a go because he runs, which we all know Dice loves. He wants, you know, look at Dwight McNeil, look at someone who um, Frank Lampard throws out in the core, right? You know, Dice brought him back and was like, well, no, because he, he works hard. And that's what I need. We need that now. We need hard workers. And he brought him in and ultimately he scored the goal that kept us up. But hope you Lewis Warrington, that work rate and work ethic will now get noticed under Sean Dyche and be like, oh, this kid deserves a little go here because he's running his yeah. socks off. And he's also and it, got the he's also got something about him. So it's not I yeah, it's not man, it? it's not just the the work ethic. I say it's a scouse, he's not he's from he's from over the water, but he's um it's not just the worth ethic he worth ethic he's got. It's the 
when I've watched him a few times and on loan at Fleetwood and obviously in Everton in pre-season, he's literally what we've been kind out for for years. He takes the ball on the half turn, he turns and he looks, he looks for passes, you know, yeah. and I can see, I can see Sean Dykes looking for someone like that who's going to play diagonal balls across the pitch, play it out wide and um, obviously ultimately get the balls into Calvert-Lewin if he's still playing. But Lewis Warrington, without a doubt, is someone I want to see in the, in the Everton team next season. 100%. There's someone that I'll just, I was just thought of it, and obviously it was, it was something that I was going to bring up anyway, but it's a departure that it's been rumoured for the last few weeks. Now, I know the last couple of days it's been sort of squashed, but um, I think it's I think it's divided a few Everton, people, uh, Everton fans as well. Uh, Jordan Pickford leaving, now we know he's been linked with Man United, Tottenham, which nothing around him. I think Chelsea at one point were looking at him. I'll get... In my opinion, I wouldn't sell Jordan Pickford for love nor money. Listen, if the right offer come in and they offered stupid money for them, then yeah, you've got to. But what's your opinion on Jordan Pickford? What, would you let Jordan Pickford go or would you like, no, keep him at all costs? Well, obviously, the, the rumours are it's 30 million. If it's 30 million that, and I'm ever, and I'm saying straight away, no chance. Mm. He is towards. I'd say he's probably one of our most valuable players alongside, you know, Onana and Calvert-Lewin. Well, Calvert-Lewin once, but yeah, I think Pickford is a is a massive, massive player in our team and we'd be looking for upwards of uh, 60, 70 million for him. That's that's just what I'd take and, and other teams are going to see that and laugh at it, but you've got to look at us. He's valuable to us. That's how much he's worth to us. Um, I wouldn't let Pickford go. I don't think Pickford wants to go. Uh, judging off what he said in in his interview when he when he signed a new contract, and I don't think he yeah. would have signed a new contract because obviously if you're looking ahead, where are Everton going to be? We may get relegated, and he's thinking that at that time we may get relegated. But I want to stay here, and if he's staying, if he signs the contract with the doubts that we get relegated, I can't see him leaving the summer. No, I I honestly make sense. My biggest thing is. Like when we got rid of Lukaku and Stones and stuff like that, and you think, well, you'd have replaced them with, you would replace Jordan Pickford with? As good exactly. as Jordan Pickford, you don't. Exactly. You've got to go and sign a young goalkeeper who you give two years to. We haven't got two years. Unfortunately, in the position we're in now, we haven't got two years. We're not a Aston Villa that can look for the future and go, well, let's plan two years ahead. Whatever. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're in the position now where we've got to get players in that'll sort of take us to. Another level where it sounds terrible actually, but a thirteenth, a twelfth, and eleventh yes. where you go, right, well now we're there. We can now build on that and move up the table more. Um I personally you've got to unless a mad bid comes in, you've got to keep Jordan Pickwood, in my opinion. Spot on. Spot on lad. Um the last point we've got is recently Coleman um as extended his stay at Everton. Um, I'm assuming it'll be a, a one-year extension. What do you make of that? What do you think? I think it was a no-brainer for me, given the circumstances. And obviously, Coleman, uh, like you said in the preview, he, he'll want the, the proper send-off. He's been at Everton for 14 years. He'll want the, the proper send-off. So I think it's a no-brainer that we keep him for the next year. Oh, mate, listen. If the ball thinks thought it was bad then, if they'd have let James Coleman walk out that door without a testimonial or... A final game, and the last thing you ever did was an Everton player getting stretched off against Leicester. Yeah. We'd have burned that club, that, that ground to the, to the yeah. floor because he's loved by every single Evertonian. The man is absolutely loved um, within the club. Everyone, you know, you, you listen to Connor Cody, 
you can't speak highly enough of him. You look at that thing last season with Frank Lampard saying he's one of the best men he's ever met in football. Now, your opinion of Frank Lampard can be whatever it wants, but that man's had some football career for him to say that is unbelievable. Um, He's got to be. He's got to go out on his terms. We've got to bow down to Seamus Coleman and go, whatever you want. But the man's not going to go, I want this amount of money. He's just going to be, let me go out with the final game. You know, hopefully it's the end of the next season, at the end of Goodison Park, and it's his final game that he can wave goodbye to everyone. That's why, just to touch on a little bit, I was a bit gutted about the, the pitch invasion because he didn't get to say goodbye to Yeri Mina. Because yeah. I was a bit like, well, you know, I know Yeri Mina hasn't been what Coleman's been, but he's been, he was brilliant the last few games and he never got to actually say goodbye. And I, I can't do that to Seamus Coleman. When when Fitton called upon Yedimina, without a doubt for me, probably Bissard Tarkowski, Everton's Everton's best centre half, and unfortunately oh, yeah. he hasn't he went he went fifth for most of it, but without a doubt, um, Yedimina he's a, he was an unbelievable centre back, and hopefully when he goes on in the future and moves to a different club, he can stay fit because I would like to see Yedimina do well and, and reach what he can reach. No, with you, just to get your final opinion on Seamus Coleman. Obviously, it's a year deal, and I don't think it'll be off and Coleman a four-year deal. But if he gets fit and ready, would you put him back? At, would you? Would you be that bothered about starting Seamus starting the season with a Seamus Coleman playing at right back? I know people want to oh. go, well, we can't. But I don't think he's done anything wrong. <laughs> no, um, I think as as football fans, we get this this illusion that once a player is past the age of thirty-one, then they're finished and they can't play a game of football. If you watch Seamus Coleman in the past year, how old is he? Is he 34, 33? Mm-hmm. Um, if yeah. you watch watched him last season, he does not perform like he's a 34-year-old. He was absolutely immense last season when, when called upon. And for me, without a doubt, if if Patterson's fit and ready, though, I think Patterson's a starter ahead of, yeah, ahead yeah. of Seamus Coleman. But the backup and the, the mentor and Seamus Coleman, that's, a, that's exactly what we need. And the... The um, the experience that he's got and and the, the love by Everton fans to him. So, for me, um, yeah, I I think Coleman he could come in and and play a few games here and there. I don't think he can play the full season, but no, it's a, no. yeah, it's hundred percent definitely keep him in the squad. Yeah, keeping him in it's keeping him in and around it as well, isn't it? Yeah, because I think you, you you've lost you. Everton Football Club can't lose Yeri Mina, Connor Cody, and Seamus Coleman. The leadership in that in them three, you can't lose that because no, they'll just fall to pieces. You know, you look at the likes of Leeson Holgate and Michael Keane, who's a massive confidence player. He needs that arm round the arm round the shoulder. Needs that you know, don't be you'll be all right, don't worry. And if we lose all three of them, there's probably only Pickford and Tarkovsky. You go, well, they do it. Um, yeah, and that's that's a lot to be asking. You know, you're asking two lads to look after 23 other men. It can't happen. You need more. That's why I, I wanted to sign Cody. Maybe not for his footballing ability, but just for who he is. Yeah, definitely. Um, just before we go as well, I know we touched on it in the beginning. Uh, the what you call partnership that we've sort of come together now. The Paddock Blues yeah. and Everton Extra. Uh, just for like people that are listening, what 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 can you sort of expect going well, forward the, now? 
what we wanted originally when we when we formed it is is a bit of a diversity. Do you know what I mean? Like with the mm-hmm. the long episodes and then the short, snappy episodes with the ten fifteen minute videos and and updates and it's something us Everton fans haven't really seen. So I think you can expect short short videos and obviously the continuous podcast. But we've got an extended team now, so you know the the content's going to be coming twice, maybe three times a week and whatnot. So. Definitely, yeah. it's just it's more consistent and and diverse content. That's it. Brilliantly, look honestly, I I'll probably speak for everyone in the uh, the paddock blues. That like we're looking forward to it. We are looking Definitely. forward to it, and you know, just speaking to you over the last couple of days, it, it's we're buzzing to to get going again. We all said that we wanted yeah. the break break from Everton, but I think we all can't wait to start. Yeah, it's definitely. Hundred percent. Yeah. Listen, thanks very much for joining me today, mate. It's, no worries. Uh, it's a massive day at Everton Football Club, so I'm glad that you're able to jump on and you know give us your opinion. We got to, you know, people out there got to meet you, and um, you'll be on a lot more. This is not yeah. the last time you're going to be on by by yeah. any means. Um, we've also got other lads that want are, are going to come on, aren't we? There's a few yeah. others that will come on and give their opinion on Everton. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, mate, and. Can't wait to get started. Me too, Thanks. mate. Thank you very much. And as we'll be saying this, up the toffees. Up the toffees. Sports Social Podcast Network.